0: George Kirkpatrick, inspiration for the nation, celebrating people we feel good about. Charles Anderson is a community icon. Here's a brother who was a pioneer in television back in the days. Most of y'all don't remember this. Black on Black on WCNY TV, um, producing insight, the power or act of delving into a situation. That's just a TV part. Then, of course, working within the Syracuse City School District, elected official, first elected to the Syracuse Common Council 4th District. And that's when he and I connected back in the day where I was a treasurer of the Charles Anderson campaign. And I did that for a few years. And that's how I got my feet wet uh, in the political arena back in the day. But Charles, more than anything, has been someone, and also uh, was one of the lead sponsors of legislation that protected LGBTQ rights uh, in this community, among other things. These are just, I'm just cherry picking things. He's gonna give us all the details about that. And then continues, this is the thing that I, and I said this to Charles the other night, we were both at a lead lead paint uh, exposure uh, forum, which I did not know had such a tremendous impact on our community, especially in Syracuse. Now, I've known about the problem of lead paint, but I didn't realize how pervasive a problem it was and the impact that it's had on families. We'll be talking about that uh, in subsequent shows here on Inspiration for the Nation to make you aware of this pervasive issue. But the brother's still working, right? You know, you might say his time has come, but nah, this brother... This brother is still working out here in these streets. Paul Robeson Performing Arts Company, the 100 Black Men of Syracuse, one of the founding, not the founders, but one of the first charter members, I'm gonna say, of the 100 Black Men of Syracuse, and also the Pan-African Association, Paul Robeson Performing Arts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Charles Anderson, welcome to Inspiration for the Nation. And I know that's just some of the stuff you do in the community. Good to see you, my brother.
1: It's been a very busy week. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, <laughs> a it very has busy been.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so far.
0: I, you know, so I wanted you to share with me your desire, your what you've been doing, and and your the legacy. What's what what? Do you, how would you describe the work that you've been doing in the community? And let's talk about some of that work.
1: Well. I think it started because um, I was in the S- Peace Corps in Ethiopia for three years, and then when I came back, uh, my brother lived here, so I came back to Syracuse.
0: Yeah,
1: I'll be here for a little while, and I'll be gone. <laughs> but that was in 1967, and I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think leading up to that, I. The experience in the Peace Corps was uh, very excellent for me because I was in a country I'd never been in before. But, you know, I was in the city, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Uh, when I was choosing for the Peace Corps, I had chose uh, Costa Rica, mm. <laughs> South America. And then when I got the appointment, it was in Addis uh, Ababa, Ethiopia, and I said, mm-hmm. hmm. <laughs> "That's interesting." But I had a chance to be there for uh, two years, and then I decided to go back for the third year. Mm-hmm. That's where I met my wife, and uh, so many of my students, you know, eventually came here to America. And when I look back on that. Some of my students now are in their 60s.
0: <laughs>
1: and I laugh because the time has gone by so quickly. I, you know, can't even believe that it's been that much
0: time. Now, you grew up in Virginia, correct? Yeah.
1: Uh, in Bedford, everything was segregated. I went to a, a black school with all black teachers. Uh, and when I graduated, you know, in uh, 1956, uh, it was still segregated. So I grew up in an atmosphere of uh, in Virginia, in Bedford, where everything was segregated. When you got on the bus, you had to go back to the back. You know, and I had a chance to experience all of that uh, growing up. So you were. Was you were, all right, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and. And what is, I, I I don't think I've asked this of uh, many people, but like you said just as if that's, you just had to do that. But how did you feel in that moment? Did you feel any kind of way or did you just feel like, oh, we got to go in the back and how did your parents explain that to you? Or that's just the way it was. So that's just what you did.
1: Well, that's just the way it was. And uh, of course, you know, I didn't like it because, you know, I, on to college you know in uh, Detroit <laughs> where I didn't have to deal with that but when I came back to Bedford you know everything was still uh, segregated and it was just hard you know doing that experiencing life in Detroit where it wasn't like that and you know because I was busy you know trying to do my um to get out of high school, where I graduated as valedictorian. Then I had to decide, where do I want to go from here? Do I want to go to uh, Virginia State or Morehouse? Because I had an opportunity to go to Morehouse. And I said that uh, I would like to see how it is out of the South. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I
1: ended up uh, going to the University of Detroit. I have a lot of relatives there. And... uh, That's how I got out of the South. But, you know, when I was growing up, um, when I was in high school, uh, I went to um, New Jersey, Atlantic City to work, you know, to make money when I was in high school. So that gave me an opportunity uh, to see life in a different situation because in New Jersey, in Atlantic City, (laughs) you know, there was no segregation And you met people from all over the country uh, there. And uh, that was a tremendous help uh, to be able to go there and experience that.
0: Well, uh, I'm I'm thinking, I'm laughing when I think of when you say, I went, you went to Detroit, (laughs) because Detroit is black too. So just in case, I I know it was integrated, but. (laughs) Well what's what's that street in Detroit, eight mile, right? Isn't that the kind of like isn't that the 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 demarcation of Well see,
1: I went to University of Detroit and that was right at six mile.
0: Six mile, okay, (laughs) okay, Okay. right, right, you know.
1: But that's experience too. Yeah, you're going to Detroit because there were so few black students, you know.
0: At the U of D? Yeah.
1: At U of D, you know, and I felt (laughs) kind of
0: honored to be in the middle of all of that blackness,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and going to university where very few blacks were going. You know, Uh that was a good experience, though.
0: I mean, but Wayne State would did did more African Americans go to Wayne State? Yeah,
1: yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Wayne State was a little different because you know. University of Detroit is a Catholic school.
0: Oh, okay. Like LeMoyne or Jesuit, yeah. right? Right, right. Like LeMoyne in many ways. Mm-hmm. Wow. Talking to Charles Anderson. Good. Charles Anderson, icon in our community, continuing to work. Like usually Charles, but people in their 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that they don't slow down. I mean, look, Maxine Waters is still working. A lot of people are still on the case. So I guess uh, talk about that, Um if you will, and 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 how uh, that uh, shows up, if you will. Well,
1: when I look at the calendar and say October twenty second, nineteen eighty five. Uh huh. I'll be eighty
0: five. Hold <laughs> on I, a second. Hold on a second. Eighty
1: four. Hold be... on
0: a second. Hold on a second, Charles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, Months away from being uh, 85 (laughs) years of age, you know, I I look at that and I said, are you kidding me? (laughs) Because the time has gone by so fast. And, you know, uh, as you get older, you know, you're supposed to retire. But I'm as busy as I've ever been, (laughs) you know, being in three organizations, taking care of my wife, uh, Uh, My son helps me a great deal because he's here with me Uh, and being, uh, being very active uh, in the community, I think is very important because uh, otherwise, you know, I'd be sitting at home and I don't think that's good
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. as you age. It's better to keep busy doing things that you feel are important.
0: What, what do you think is the motivating drive? So you go to Ethiopia you spend two years. And so now you're seeing, the, you know, one of the, I mean, one of the historic nations in the world, right? Um, and uh, black folk, I call them black folk, you know? <laughs> so um, what was that like, you know, one of, you know, Ethiopia is in the Bible for crying out loud. I mean, it's, it's a historic, one of the first. First, um, where some of the first people are been um, identified.
1: It was great being there uh, because uh, Haile Selassie was the emperor when I was there, and I had to travel practically over the whole country during the three years I was there. It was very beautiful. Uh, The people, you know, accepted you because. Until I opened my mouth, (laughs) they didn't even know I was an American. (laughs) They just thought I was a part of the community. Mm -hmm. That was a good feeling, you know, because I was teaching uh, students in uh, elementary and like middle school there for the three years I was there. And I was able to do a television show while I was there in Ethiopia. So uh, it was Fantastic opportunity to be in a different place, uh, make an impression. You know, because when I was there, unless I went up and told people I was from America or opened my mouth,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't
1: speaking American, <laughs> then uh, they would ask, mm, "Are you from Ethiopia?" And I would have to tell them I was from America, but. It was though you just fit it right in, unless you open your mouth and you weren't speaking Amharic. Then that, you know, made people aware that you <laughs> were not Ethiopian. But it was fantastic being there and uh, teaching the students, having a chance to travel all over the country, uh, see how beautiful it was, and sometimes how difficult it is. Uh, For people who don't have money or not rich. But I think that's even here. (laughs) If you're poor, you know, you're in a whole different situation than if you, you know, middle class or rich.
0: After your stint in the Peace Corps, did you go back? And how often if you did? Yeah. Um,
1: I went back once. uh, And then my... Future Wife came over, I think, in the 70s, and we got married here. Uh, but that was just a, a couple of years after I had left the Peace Corps. And I haven't had a chance to get back, uh, you know, since the 70s. Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: I, I would like to go back. Everybody tell me <laughs> I wouldn't know the place. And I've seen pictures, and I I can't recognize. <laughs> well, you
0: know, I'm, so I'm wondering. You
1: know, how, how, yeah, I
0: wonder airport. how. <laughs> say that again.
1: And the airport. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It's <laughs> so different.
0: Well, well, Charles. We're talking to Charles Anderson, uh, activist in the community, active and uh, continuing to be active, uh, well into his 80s, because that's the work that he's been inspired to do. So you come back to the U.S., um, you you inspired by the TV show there. Uh, you, you you worked in education with the Syracuse City School District, but you also, you know, you, teaching and education has always been a part of your life. And then um, back in the 60s, um, you did uh, a TV show on WCNY, or was it the 70s? Tell me about Black on Black.
1: Yeah, let me see. Black on Black, I did, uh, I'm looking at my thing here at, um, yeah, uh, it was on PBS, the uh, station here that everybody is aware of. And I had the show there for quite a while, Black on Black. And uh, after that, I did a show on Channel Nine Called insight,
0: <laughs> the power or act of delving into a situation. Oh, <laughs> you. Da da. da. <laughs> da, da. Earth, wind and fire. Da 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 da. da.
1: My goodness,
0: and
1: that, that was a long time, and that at the same time, I think I was on the, you know, the, uh, Syracuse Common Council, being the fourth district. Uh, representative from uh, 1986 to 1997. Wow, wow. Presenting the 4th Council District. And I think I may have been like the first, maybe the third person on the Syracuse Common Council.
0: Right, right. Sidney
1: Johnson was on there.
0: Sidney Johnson was the first, yes. And he was also uh, superintendent of schools, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I think he was superintendent when I was um, uh, a part of the school district. Right. The school district, about 27 years.
0: You, you, tell me about um, your interest in in the LGBTQ legislation that you were really pioneering at that time.
1: Yeah. uh, Because I had run into a lot of my friends. uh, uh, Nancy. Nancy. Roads and uh, quite a few people I had known, and they were interested because they came to me and they thought that there should be some legislation, and they was looking for someone who would be willing to sponsor it. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to uh, uh, know them quite well, and we presented the legislation, and remarkably, uh,
0: it passed. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the yeah. legislation called? I remember when you were holding hearings and conversations about it. What was it called?
1: Let me see. I'm looking here. Uh, Fair practices. The Fair Practices Ordinance.
0: And what was what was what was the issues back then? What was what was the LGBT community what, fighting no. for that they didn't have then?
1: Yeah, it was it was to prevent discrimination against gay and lesbian people in the Syracuse area of housing, employment. And public accommodations,
0: um, because prior to that, they, and this is within the city of Syracuse, and prior yes. to that, they didn't have those protections.
1: Sure didn't under
0: the law. Right, yeah. and that was
1: uh, historic, uh, and just like the um, citizen review board,
0: you were very active in about uh, getting that passed as well.
1: And believe it or not, uh, this past this month they were celebrating the 30th anniversary of the citizen review board
0: i remember i absolutely we i I remember we we had uh raynette relafoot on the program talking about uh the 30th anniversary because they had the event you're right earlier this month they did that yeah so or last month and the
1: council those were the two um very important pieces of legislation and they are still in operation. (laughs) And I had to sit back and when they were telling me it was 30 years, I had to scratch my head and say, has it been that long?
0: (laughs) How do you stay active? And you said, it's not just about being busy. What's at the Mm -hmm. root of your activism? Because, and Charles, here's the thing. You're not. You're not. You're not gonna be. You're not gonna have the megaphone, but you're gonna show up and do the work. Talk to me about the different strategy that you that you apply. So tell me why you do it and your way of doing it. I don't know.
1: I think even when I was in high school and in college, I was always in activities that were going on, and I think that had an impression on me. So once I got out of college and got my uh, master's degree from Syracuse University, after that, I went into the Peace Corps. And I think that had a tremendous effect on me, um, being able to serve people and be a part of another country to when I come back here, I just wanted to continue, you know, to work and be in organizations and and do things in the community and uh, uh, be a voice for the people. And that's why the uh, the television show that I had was so important. It was like among the first uh, African American shows, you know, on PBS here locally, and that was a way of getting community, you know, to come in, people in the community and in organizations to come on the show, talk about, you know, what they're doing. Uh, and it was giving them an opportunity that they hadn't had before. And then we went from there to uh, Channel 9. And we were on there for oof, 15 years, you know, and they gave me a chance to reach out into the community and the organizations and have the people come in and present what they're doing in the community. And uh, that was very important. I can't hear him. I don't know what the problem is hmm. i i I can't hear anything,
0: so um that's why I think it's important. Uh, I think it's important. I, I was thinking about Jackie Robinson. And Jackie Robinson's legacy and the shows that she did coming after Dennis uh, right. first of all, jack D- Jackie was on for thirty five years as yeah. an anchor um in various positions reporter anchor and then lead anchor after a while. And then um she took over for Dennis. she was Dennis did the news and views black perspective and then yeah. she she took it over yeah. and did city scene, yeah and and I think that had a more broader perspective. I think about you and that's on the TV side yeah. uh, uh and then I obviously did my little stint on WCNY so I think I'm just following you along and then I was actually I helped you as an intern and producer uh on Insight uh the the year that I remember and, and remember Karen Dixon sure. uh, now Karen Dixon Cherubin um oh. and and I think I may have done one or two shows but then I also did uh straight to the source um, on WTVH oh, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, important. Yeah. And then you look at all of the journalists of today uh doing the voices Ken Jackson, um Kofi Quay, uh Lehman Herring, yeah. uh, Willie Morgan, and Dr. Robert Pichard, right? All of those folks sure. that they who, were really involved. Right. They were really involved uh in in the work of telling our stories. And I think uh, Charles, thinking about that, you know, just putting that in perspective, uh, why you do it is I think why many of us do it is we wanna make sure that the community voices are amplified. And you've been a part of a number of organizations. Right now, 100 Black Men, Port Robeson and the Pan-African Association of Central New York. What other organizations have you been involved in over the years?
1: Well, let me uh, have to look at my uh, resume here and go back. Uh, Well, of course, I was um, a delegate to the uh, National Democratic Convention that was held in Atlanta uh, in 1988. I was a Jesse Jackson delegate to that. And then in uh, 1992, I was a William Jefferson Clinton delegate to the National Democratic Convention in New York City. Uh, So I had a chance to uh, get involved in that and also served as co-chair of the uh, Rainbow Coalition, uh, a coalition for quality education, you know, always trying to, you know, be uh, involved in things that were happening in the community. And that has, uh, you know, been helpful and, Keeping me involved and wanting to uh, continue, you know, to uh, be involved in things in the community.
0: What do you want your legacy to be?
1: Just that anybody who's interested in doing things in the community, it's wide open. There are so many things that we need to be doing, and we just need people who are willing to, you know, take the time, you know, join different organizations and and really uh, work for them, and try to accomplish uh, some of the things that we need in the community.
0: We forgot to say that you're also an actor. <laughs> 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 Charles, I think about the work that you do, and I'm going to leave you with this. <laughs> and this is your signature line roll. You know what I'm getting ready to say, right? <laughs> we ain't what? We, 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 can you finish the sentence? I'm going to see if I'm on it or not. Yeah, go ahead and do it. <laughs> we ain't no ways
1: tired. Yeah. Come too far from where we started from. No one told us the road would be easy. But we haven't come this far to leave it now. And that's from James, I forgot his, what was his
0: name? James Cleveland, yeah. James Cleveland, Charles Anderson, Living Legacy. I mean, that's what I'm going to call this. I said icon at first, but now I'm going to say Living Legacy, still doing the work. Still doing the work. 85 years young. What month is this uh, going to be? August?
1: October 22nd.
0: August, October 22nd. 85 years old. So brothers 84 doing the work. <laughs> uh, at the meetings, uh, organizing committees, this brother continues to do the work. Charles, I said to you that I wanted to honor your work. I am proud of you. And I want you to know that you are a living legacy here on Inspiration for the Nation. You are what we call people that we feel good about. Inspiration for the Nation.
1: Thank you so much.